the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Jesus gives people a new life. He gives people a a, a new beginning. And it doesn't matter how messed up your life is. It doesn't matter how sordid your past is. Uh, he, He can give you a new life. He makes all things new. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass away and everything becomes new. And that was true for Mary. You know, it's, it's almost as if Jesus has this great big eraser and he can just erase the sin. We are all searching for meaning in this life. Some lean on education for fulfillment. Some follow after science. Some immerse themselves in one religion or another. But none of these will give you the meaning and answers you seek. Today, Pastor Dan encourages you with the truth that Jesus is the answer. Jesus can change your life, fill you with purpose, and turn you in a new positive direction. He will also forgive you of all your past, present, and future sins and wipe your slate clean. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 20, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. John chapter 20, and I'm going to begin with verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved And said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. And so they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb 
and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Well, today in our study of the Gospel of John, we begin our look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So John's Gospel account of the resurrection here in chapter 20 really focuses on three people, Mary Magdalene, uh, the Apostle Peter, and the Apostle John. And on several occasions before his crucifixion and death, Jesus predicted his resurrection. Uh, For example, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, it says, From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. In Matthew 17, it says, Now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and the third day he will be raised up. Uh, In Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Jesus tells a parable Uh, And he says, for as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. It's interesting, when Jesus spoke about his resurrection, he, he specified over and over that he would be raised on the third day. Not the first day, not the second day, not the fourth day but the third day. Now, why the third day? Well, the third day is significant in the Bible. And it was significant in Jewish history. It was significant in the minds of of the Jews. Remember, Jesus is is the Jewish Messiah. In the Old Testament, uh, God did some very big things on the third day. And I just want to share a few examples with you This is by no means a complete list from the Old Testament, but these are just several examples just to give you an idea of of the significance of the third day in the Bible. The third day of creation was the beginning of life on the earth in the creation story. Uh, It was also the only day of the creation week of which the Bible says twice that God saw that it was good. So it was the only day of the creation week that was doubly blessed by God, the third day. 
Uh, in Genesis chapter 22, Abraham, remember the story of Abraham taking Isaac up Mount Moriah? It's on the third day that Abraham spared his son Isaac. Uh, in Genesis 42, it's on the third day that Joseph released his brothers from prison in Egypt. Uh, in Exodus chapter 19, the Lord God descended upon Mount Sinai and gave the Ten Commandments to the people of Israel on the third day. Uh, it was one of the greatest manifestations of God in all of the Bible, and it occurred on the third day. Uh, in Joshua chapter 1, the children of Israel crossed through the Jordan River and entered into the Promised Land on the third day. Uh, in Second Kings chapter 20, verse 5, on the third day, King Hezekiah was healed of his fatal disease after praying to God. And God spared his life on the third day. Uh, in Esther chapter 5, it was on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes and went into the palace of her husband, the king of Persia, to intercede on behalf of the Jewish people. And she was the mediator that caused the, the Jewish people to be saved. And that was on the third day. And, and Jonah, as I just mentioned in uh, uh, the passage of, that Jesus uh, said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, Jonah was delivered from death on the third day. Uh, in Hosea chapter 6, I want to read these verses to you. They're pretty amazing verses. Hosea chapter 6, uh, the nation of Israel is called to repent and turn back to God and listen to what it says. Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up or bandage us. After two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Hosea, that's the Old Testament, talking about resurrection on the third day. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Again, this is just a sampling from the Old Testament. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but of all those examples I just gave from the Old Testament, uh, they, they mention the emergence of new life, the manifestation of God, God revealing himself, and most of all, those passages speak of God delivering and God saving. So in the Old Testament, and in the mind of the Jewish reader, historically, the third day is a day of salvation for the Jewish people. It, historically, it was a time of deliverance from death. It was a time of new life. It was a time when God reveals himself uh, in a powerful way. So I would say it's fitting that Jesus was resurrected the third day. Because his resurrection fulfills all those things. New life, a revelation of God in a very powerful way, salvation, deliverance. That's what the resurrection of Jesus Christ is all about. So now, uh, look at verse 1. We'll dig into the text together. Now it says in verse 1, Now on the first day of the week. Now what day of, is that? Sunday, right? The first day of the week is Sunday. It's not a tri trick question. It's the first day of the week. Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus Christ took place on Sunday, and it's for this reason that churches meet on Sunday. 
Uh, not, not that that's some kind of rule uh, that we have to follow, but generally speaking, churches meet on Sundays uh, to celebrate and commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it's been the practice of the church to meet on Sundays from the very beginning, all the way back to the, the time of the apostles. The apostles started meeting on Sundays after the resurrection. So now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, the other Gospels tell us that there were a group of women, female disciples, uh, that included Mary Magdalene, uh, who were present at the crucifixion of Jesus. They saw the crucifixion, they saw His death, and they saw His burial. And so they knew where Jesus was buried. Uh, Now the Sabbath day has ended, it's early in the morning on Sunday, it's still dark out, and Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. She's seeking a dead Jesus. She's not looking for a living Jesus, she's looking for a dead Jesus. She expects to find him in the tomb. Uh, Mary Magdalene was from the town of Magdala. She's Mary of Magdala, and Magdala is located on the, uh, the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, in 2009, the city of Magdala was, was really discovered by accident. Uh, builders were, were building a hotel, and as they were excavating the land for the hotel, they uncovered the ancient city of Magdala. In particular, they uncovered the synagogue of the city of Magdala that was from the first century, from before the first century. It's a synagogue that Jesus likely taught in uh, and they, it was only, here, get this, it was only like two to three feet under the surface of the earth. You know, you could have found it with a shovel. It's just that nobody ever dug there before. And so they uncovered it, and now it's this, uh, it's this beautiful site to go to. It's a wonderful place uh, to visit. It's one of, one of my favorite places to visit uh, in Israel today. Uh, very few people go to it, uh, so there's usually not a lot of crowds there, a lot of people there. Um, so she is from Magdala. The town of Magdala. And, and she's mentioned for the first time in Luke chapter 2. Uh, and I just want or Luke chapter 8, I'm sorry, verse 2. I just want to read to you what it says about Mary of Magdala. It says, And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, sicknesses, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom Jesus had cast seven demons. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for Jesus 
from their substance. And so we're told there in Luke chapter 8 that this, this Mary of Magdala, Mary Magdalene, uh, that Jesus had delivered her from demon possession. And she had been possessed by seven demons. And after Jesus rescued her, she became a follower. She became a disciple, ministering to Jesus, it says, and the other disciples, out of her, her substance. I, f- I find that interesting. She was demon-possessed by seven demons. She had seven demons controlling her. And yet, at the same time, uh, she was wealthy enough that she could help support the ministry of Jesus. I think sometimes when we think of someone who's demon-possessed, which is a real thing, uh, you know, we, we think that their life is so uh, crazy because of the demon possession, which it is, uh, that they maybe can't keep a job or, or, or have any sense of normalcy in their life. But for Mary, somehow she was able to make a substantial living enough to support Jesus and the disciples. I, I just, I think that's interesting. But here's Mary, and she was demon-possessed, and Jesus rescued her and delivered her from her demon possession, and she becomes a follower. She has this new life in Christ, a new beginning in Christ. Jesus gives people a new life. He gives people a, a, a new beginning, and it doesn't matter how messed up your life is, it doesn't matter how sordid your past is. Uh, he, he can give you a new life. He makes all things new. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things pass away and everything becomes new. And that was true for Mary. You know, it's, it's almost as if Jesus has this great big eraser. And he can just erase the sin. And he can erase the mistakes. And he can erase the bad decisions. And he makes you clean. And he just gives you a clean start. Isn't that true? You know, you, like if you get involved in a small group with other Christians, you know, the women's Bible study or a home group or something, you get to know people, you get to learn their story. It's amazing what God has done in their life. What God has saved people from and what, what they used to be before Christ and who they are now in Christ. It's just a new creation. The old things have passed away. Everything is made new. That was Mary. That was Mary Magdalene. The Bible says those who are forgiven much love much. Mary had a deep love for Jesus because he had forgiven her of so much. And Mary, Mary has the special honor, the special privilege of being the first person to see the empty tomb. She has a special honor of being the first person to see the resurrected Jesus Christ. She's given the honor of being the one who gets to tell the other disciples, I've seen him alive. Isn't that amazing? Especially when you consider her past, right? And that her past didn't disqualify her. Right? That Jesus didn't say, well, you were possessed by seven demons. I don't really know if I can entrust you with such an important message. I need someone who's a little bit more dependable, who has a little bit more integrity, right? I mean, that's, that's what we would say. Not Jesus. Just amazing grace for her. So, she, she goes to the tomb. Verse 2 says, she comes to the tomb, she sees the stone has been taken away from the tomb, and then she ran, and she came to Simon Peter, 
and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, who's that? John, the, the writer of the Gospel of John, is the one whom Jesus loved. So she goes to Peter, she goes to John, and she said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid them. Who's they? <laughs> Who knows? You know how we do that. Well, they did this, or they, you know, whoever they is. Mary didn't expect a resurrection. It doesn't even enter into her mind at all that Jesus is alive, that he was resurrected. She, she's shocked to find the stone rolled away from the tomb and the tomb empty. And she concluded someone stole the body from the grave. They stole the body, whoever they is. Peter, therefore, went out. As soon as Peter hears it, remember Peter denied the Lord. As soon as Peter hears it, he starts running for the tomb. So he goes out, and the other disciple, John, and they're going to the tomb. They both start running together. Verse 4 says, And the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. John wants us to know that he was faster than Peter. <laughs> now, John is like in his 90s when he's writing the Gospel of John. You know, it's all these years later, and as he's writing it, he wants us to know, we started running together, and I won. I, well, the other disciple won, right? Whoever that other disciple is, he got there first. He's faster than Peter. <laughs> and look what it says, verse 5. When John arrived at the tomb... And he, stooping down, looking in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. So when John arrived at the tomb, he stooped down and looked into the entrance of the tomb, but he doesn't go in. Uh, they average about three and a half feet high and about two and a half feet wide. So when it says he's stooping down, right, it's a small hole that he's looking into, Inside the tomb, what they would do is they would cut a little ledge, and that's where they would place the body of the person. So he looks in, and he can see the ledge in there, and he can see the cloths, the burial cloths. But he doesn't go in. He just stays outside. He doesn't, he doesn't go in. You know, he's, he's Jewish. It would have been defiling to go into a tomb. Plus, it's a tomb. Right? That's a little creepy. You know, jeepers. I'm going to stay outside here and just look from the outside. Uh, but look at the passage now. He could see the burial clothes, it says. Then Simon Peter came following him, and he went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there, and, and the napkin, or the handkerchief, that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded, note that, it's folded together, in a place by itself. So Peter being Peter, when Peter shows up, he's, you know, get out of the way, John. And he barges right in to the tomb and he goes into the tomb. He crawls through that opening and he found the burial cloths. He found the napkin or the handkerchief that had been around Jesus's head. He finds it folded neatly and lying there. Now, if you're a note taker, there are two different Greek words that are used here to describe what John saw and what Peter saw. He asked me how I know, and 
Today you've been hearing from Pastor Dan about the book of John, one of the four accounts of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gospel book details the Son of God's time on earth, what He did, and how He changed lives. It also gives you an opportunity to have a changed life as well. Are you ready to give your life to Christ and be forgiven of your sins? We'd love to tell you more about this and pray with you if you're ready to take a step of faith. Give us a call here at Ring of Truth. Our number is 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd also like to encourage you to find and begin attending a church regularly. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington area, you're invited to join us here at Calvary Chapel. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, just a few minutes from Route 95, Route 29, or Route 100. To find out more about what you can expect and to get directions and service times, please visit our website, calvaryec.com. At our website, you can also enjoy more of Pastor Dan Sexton's teachings from the Gospel of John or explore his other message series. Again, that website is calvaryec.com. That's all we have for today. Thanks for tuning in to Ring of Truth. It's true.